Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, once again I repent to the sound team and the, I once again neglected to give them my verses, 1 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 12, the Lord just spoke to me yesterday sometime and I just, I just heard the word brokenness, brokenness and I just, I just grabbed onto that. And I said, God, can you give me a little bit more with that, okay? <clears throat> so 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says this. This is the apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now listen to this. He enabled me, and he counted me faithful. And he put me in ministry. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Verse 13. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He called me, he enabled me, he said he considered me faithful. I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was injurious, but I obtained mercy and the love of God which is in Christ Jesus has established me and though I am the chief of all sinners, Christ Jesus came and gave himself to me. I'm gonna preach a message today by the authority of the kingdom called When Brokenness Sings. All right, when brokenness sings. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for each person here. I thank you for each family here. I thank you that your spirit is moving over our waters and your spirit desires to rest upon us. How good are you, Lord God? How wonderful are you? So God, I just ask for you to touch this word, touch my lips, Lord God. I ask for the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit, and I ask for a transformational anointing inside of each person here to carry this word. And I even declare Habakkuk 2.2, that write it plainly upon their hearts that whoever reads it can run. So, Father, we honor you and we praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, and the church shouted amen. amen. All right, that's good. Let that not be the last. I've, I've always loved this, this part of Scripture. I've always, I've always loved the, the letter of, of, of Paul to Timothy. Paul was, was as you know, he was a Pharisee. Uh, uh, my, the gentleman I do prison ministry with, Apostle Pastor Dr. William Bumpus, always said that, that Paul was a contract killer. He got assignments, says go get him, go capture him so we can kill him. That's who Paul was. And then as we know, I believe it's in Acts chapter 9, it's, it's his road to Damascus, and he's knocked off the horse, and immediately he's blind, and he's taken to a place, a, a, a disciple 
is, is called and says, go on straight street. There's Saul of Tarsus. Go anoint him. And when you read through the, the testimonials throughout the book of Acts, it says, go pray with him that he may receive sight and that he may receive the Holy Ghost. So Jesus says, I'm not just going to open his eyes. I'm going to give him power too. We, we come to church and we walk in church, but we don't walk outside with power. We lack power in the body of Christ. And I'm not talking about power over sin. Jesus took care of sin. He did that. I'm talking about power to transform wherever you walk in. The Israelites, it says, wherever the sole of your foot touches belongs to the kingdom of God. Every time I go to any nation in the world, as soon as I step off that plane onto their ground, I said, God, my soul is here and it belongs to your kingdom. Everywhere I go. Kimberly says, amen. Everything Paul did was connected to what Christ did first. He was against Christ. He was coming against the church. He was coming against the apostles. He was coming against all of them until God stepped in and said, I want you. Now Paul is teaching his spiritual son. This is something that we need to learn as Christians and also as a ministry team. Because for so long, we, we as the church, all we do is we say, oh, here's this victory. Oh, oh, and here's this victory. I did this good. I did this good. This is great. This is great. And we testify of everything, and testifying is okay. But Paul is training a spiritual son, and he says, God called me. He, he enabled me to walk in ministry. He, he, he counted me faithful to do this. But, but remember, I want to remind you that I was a blasphemer. I want you to know that I was injurious. I was wicked. I was evil. But I obtained mercy. When we talk about Christ, don't neglect to talk about our failures and our faults. Because most of the people we're ministering to are in the place where they're still dealing with their faults. They're still dealing with being a blasphemer. They're still dealing with being injurious. So if we just come up with all our testimonies and stories, but don't show our weakness, we're not really causing people to become sons of God. We have got to connect with people where they are, not so they can become like us. But they can see the one who we obtain mercy from. See, sometimes ministry is so focused on, on, on the, back, the, the victory, the victory, the victory. And yes, yes, our champion is undefeated. But I remember where he found me. I remember where I was when he whispered. I remember what the enemy said. And the enemy was shouting at me. You're worthless. You're worthless. You will never be. You, you can't do it. You, there's no hope. You need to end your life. And his voice was railing against me. But then the Lord spoke in a whisper. And he said, I'll take you right now. The whisper of God trumped the shouts of the enemy. So I know what it means to be a blasphemer. I know what it means to be injurious. Yes, he enabled me. Yes, he counted me faithful. Yes, he put me into the ministry. But I do not forget when I was in total unbelief. See, we need to adapt ourselves to preach the gospel in its fullness. 
I always talk about David that, you know, we preach on, on David's sins. We preach on the man's sins. Who likes people to preach about their sins? I didn't think so. Sometimes I think David is up in heaven going, <laughs> can you give him something else? But we acquaint the love of Christ through the brokenness of David. Paul is raising up an apostle. He's raising up a young man that is going to be an apostle over, of a church over 50,000 people. Now listen to me. He's not just preparing him for that. He's preparing them that in the middle of the church of Ephesus, as he's preaching the gospel, the people grab him, throw him on the ground. They beat him to death, and he dies there preaching the gospel. That's why we need more than just pick-me-ups. We need to show people our wounds. We need to show people who are broken that we've been broken too. Because it's in our brokenness that we realize that that's where we need to obtain mercy. When we quote Hebrews 4.16, it says, Therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah! That I may obtain mercy and grace in my time of need. So running into the throne room of God isn't always this dancing and singing and rejoicing. Sometimes I crawl into that throne room because I need mercy. What has your brokenness caused in your life that can demonstrate the mercy of God to somebody else? In the same sentence of saying ministry, woo, ministry, power, yes, power. He says, man, I was a broken vessel until I obtained mercy until Christ came in and started moving inside of me and he didn't just come he didn't just come and just swoop it all away Paul lived his whole life battling what he used to be when they say the thorn in the flesh they, they, people say Patrick what do you think the thorn in the flesh was I said well he says I was given a thorn in the flesh it was a devil that buffeted me I think his thorn in the flesh was a devil that buffeted him. I don't think it was some sickness. I don't think it was some disease. What I think it was attached to is when it says buffeted is when you go like this. You know, like when you're a kid, hey, hey, hey. I've got like five bruises for my kids. I'll just go, hey, use this arm, use this arm. That's what it is. It's remember who you used to be. You, you were a blasphemer. You were injurious. You killed them. You slaughtered them. And Paul had to carry that his whole life. That's why when he talked about who he was, what Christ had made him, he didn't hide all the garbage. He didn't hide all the brokenness. He didn't hide all the wounds. But he says, Timothy, here's the calling and here's the wounds. But then there is a God who gives mercy. We sit in the church in our brokenness because we want to make it seem like we've got it all together. Tell you what, I don't got it all together. I strive for the cross. I strive for his blood. But I fail so consistently that I need his mercy constantly. I can't just talk about the ministry to you. I can't just talk to you about raising the dead in Africa and all the miracles. I can't tell you that without telling you that I was broken. That I was desperately broken. And I just needed mercy. It's time we as the church start preaching the gospel how it was. Preaching the gospel in its fullness. 
don't leave out the hurt because maybe it doesn't go well. But preach who you used to be and what Christ made you. But make sure you preach it like this. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and with love, which is in Christ Jesus. I've got people who say, Patrick, or you, you, you used to do this and you used to do that. I, I can't. They, they literally say, I, I almost don't believe you. And I'll tell them, I said, there's plenty of witnesses. But see, it's because of this. His and the grace of Jesus was so exceeding, so abundant, with faith and with love, which was in him, that it, it looks like that was an impossible thing in my life. But I remember it. I remember cocaine binges for days and days of brokenness, of solitude, drunkenness, fornication, sexual immorality. I remember all of it, but then I remember when he came and he saved me. And I can't give you... I can't give you the truth of his grace without showing the gravity of my brokenness. This is how he trained apostles. This is how he trained young men of saying, listen, this is how it's going to be. Timothy, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He didn't just say he had a sin problem, but he said it was the greatest of all. This is the apostle of apostles right now. He is leading the modern world into Christ, expanding the gospel. And he says, my son, I was the chief of all sinners so you can see the grace and the mercy that is upon me. That I can't do this out of self-righteousness. I can't do this apart from not knowing my brokenness. But it is through my brokenness that I begin to see the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus there says, man, I didn't come to heal the well. I came to heal the sick. So if you are self-righteous, you go on over there. And remember, the Pharisees came back and, and, and rallied with him and tried to argue with him. And he said something. He goes, sir, sir are, you saying, are you saying that about us? Are you saying we've got sin? And Jesus said, no, I wasn't. But, but since you think you have no sin, now your sin's upon you. Jesus was crying out, crying out, saying, hey, if you're broken, it's okay. Today, if you're broken, it's okay. For years, the church is, is it's, if you don't care if you're broken, can you go in the, that section over there so the churchy people, we can get it on over here? But we've missed the cross. We've missed the cross. We've missed that the apostle said, I, he enabled me in ministry. He considered me faithful, and he put me in ministry because I was broken, because I was destroyed. I was full of sin, but then his grace found me. And everything came together through him. I am the chief of all sinners. When I first got saved, I had that scripture right here all the time. I would constantly say it. I said, man, I'm the... Because I, I didn't know anything. I'm, I'm reading the Bible for the first time. And I was so prideful and I was so arrogant. I had to prove myself. And then the love of God says, man, I've already proved it. I've already done that. You don't have to do that. 
I said, Lord, what about the church? I need to look presentable. He says, no, you don't. I have found in in over 16 years of ministry that presentable people don't win a lot of souls. I have found that it is in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. It's when I declare my brokenness and I don't walk, I, I walk knowing my brokenness but not walking in my brokenness. That things begin to change in me because I go back to the cross and that blood that saved me afresh. There's times I go back and I say, Lord, give me the blood again. I want your blood again. When Paul says chief, listen to this, it's foremost in time, place, order, or importance. It's before, it's beginning, it's the best, it's the chief, it's the first, it's everything. That's, that's the word he used. That's the Greek word he used. First in time and place and in everything. This is for, I am the chief. I am the first in time and place. It is the same Greek word that is used in, in what is it, First uh, John 4, 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. Paul used the Greek words just to show you who that was. The one from the beginning Save the sinner from the beginning. The one who was always, save the one that was always a sinner. The connection was that Paul was broken and he needed mercy. And then the God of mercy came. When we come to God in our own righteousness, we fail and we lie to ourselves. And that's why the Pharisees couldn't relate to Christ. Because they performed the, the, the peace. They performed it in front of everybody. But Jesus says, your, 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 your tombs, that they're so beautiful. But inside, you're full of dead man's bones. Because your connection to me is in your righteousness and not in your brokenness. I, I found God when I was broken. And because I found him there, he carried me and he restored me and made me whole in him. And then he enabled me. And then he counted me faithful. And then he put me in the ministry. Because I identified my brokenness with his grace and with his mercy. And all of a sudden I was acquitted of everything that I had ever done. Paul is training this young man. He's teaching him. Listen, these are, these are called the, the pastoral epistles. These are, these are Paul's, even though Timothy was an apostle, his function during that time was, was to pastor a church, was to build the church, to raise people up, to promote people, because that's what the fivefold ministry is for. Pastors aren't supposed to own nobody. We're supposed to promote everybody. I need you to walk in what you got. Well, well I, I can out-preach you. Yeah, I'll give you an opportunity to prove it. And my desire is that everybody out-preaches me. When God identified John as a prophet, first thing I did is I said, prophesy. Okay? You got something? Okay. And now he's functioning at that. Why? Because that's what God did. So I cannot become jealous when he out-prophesies me because my purpose is for him to out-prophesy me. Paul is raising this up, but we acquaint it with our brokenness because he remembers when he was broken. So when he speaks, this says the Lord, he does it out of a place that I was broken, but I have obtained mercy. That's who you are. You are the song of God on the earth. 
Listen to this. Look at this. It's going to make sense. Hopefully today, maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Verse 16. How about for this course I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ must show forth all long suffering or patience for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Paul says, man, not only am I broken, but the reason I'm going to talk about my brokenness is it's going to show people a path to the mercy of God. Nobody likes to talk about their junk, especially if it's going to benefit somebody else. But that's the gospel. That's why we open up and we share. I told our ministry team, I said, you all will have an opportunity with a knife this big to gouge me completely out because I'm opening myself. Everything that God gives me, I will freely give to the ministry team and then thus the church. Why? Because you have got to know who he is. He did all this to show a forth. Now look at this. Verse 17. Now unto the king eternal immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and forever and forever. Amen. Paul starts off by showing that he was broken. And now all of a sudden, look at this, Revelations 5. Revelations 5, 9. I'm going to do my best to get in my scriptures. I promise. Revelations 5, 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain and you redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, and out of every nation. You have made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign where? On the earth. We will reign on the earth. Quit waiting for heaven to reign. Quit waiting for heaven to have joy. Quit waiting for heaven to have freedom. Do it now. Have joy now. Reign now. Be forgiven now. Be redeemed now. Be forgiven now. Be filled with the Holy Ghost now. Receive promises now. Be delivered now. Perform miracles now. We have a church system that's waiting for heaven. And our prayer was for heaven to come to the earth. That's why we're here. So if my brokenness can shed forth his glory, then I might as well do it now. I can't wait for heaven. I refuse to wait for heaven. And we shall reign on the earth, verse 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the, and, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands upon thousands. Listen to this, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and in glory. They are singing this song. Paul, in his brokenness, declaring his his worthlessness until he obtained mercy, he began to sing the song of heaven. All glory and all honor is yours forever and forever and forever. It's time we pull our, our brokenness out of the back closets 
And we bring them out, and we begin to read them, and we begin to sing them to the earth. He was worthy because he was slain. Right? You were slain. Worthy is he that was slain. The brokenness of Christ makes us sing. Because now his brokenness, <laughs> it's, I am made whole through his brokenness. And if Colossians 1.27 said, it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Then maybe I should start singing about my brokenness. Paul did not hold back from Timothy his brokenness. But he planted it inside of Timothy. For him to know that Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 stands forever. That we are saved by grace through faith. It is not of work. It is a gift of God. Lest anyone should boast. Your brokenness is sitting back. And God, listen to this. It sounds, it sounds crazy, but God's, God is wanting to take your brokenness and make it a trophy for his mercy. To make it an exposition of his grace. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, but then he came and he gave me mercy. And now my brokenness becomes worthy. You are worthy of it all. You're so worthy of it all. All glory, all honor, and power is yours. My brokenness becomes my song because somebody is singing it with me. The Lord is singing it with me because he redeemed me. He set me free and now I have his mercy. But why hold his mercy? I've got to give it freely to you all. But if I'm giving you mercy, then you got to know why, how I got it. And it's time we quit covering up our messes and start relating to people in ways that they connect with God. Because in the end, that's what it's about, right? Church is not about this. Church is about walking out that door and carrying the cross, right? But we in our religious mindset, what do we do? We get on the cross, right? Jesus didn't say get on the cross. He said carry it. To carry the cross means I'm demonstrating his body being broken, his body being wounded, his body being slain, him being crucified. I carry that upon me. Why? So many can believe and many can be restored and many can receive mercy. I'm going to start singing my brokenness. I'm going to sing my brokenness like a song because people will know that they can receive mercy. When I go to the rehab center, I always, uh, they always laugh. I, I say that, you know, I used to battle cocaine addiction. And, you know, they, they look at you kind of funny. So, some of the times, as Sister Carolyn knows, I, I, I leave work and go straight over there. And so I work at a bank, so I have to look somewhat presentable. Well, I, I'll come in there with, with, with khakis, dress shoes, and a, and a sweater. You know, I look very polished, very distinguished. So, so I kick off my, my sweater, and then all of a sudden they're like, this dude comes in here with a Joseph A. Bank sweater. They don't know that I got it on eBay for $18.95, praise God. They didn't know that. Go ahead. They don't know that. 
But I'll start talking about addiction, and they look at you kind of funny. And then I start telling them of how I felt in the addiction. They're like, he knows what he's talking about. See, they identified with my brokenness, not with my sweater. And for so long, we're, we're trying to connect with people with our church sweater instead of pulling off the sweater and showing our wounds. Jesus comes back in Zechariah 13. They said, man, where'd you get, where'd you get them wounds? Where, where are the, those nail pierces? He says, this, I got this in the house of my friends. Jesus is forever wounded. When we go to heaven, we will see his wounds. I've had visions in the spirit, and I've seen Christ, and I've seen the wounds upon his back, and I saw where my addiction was. I saw where my sin was. And because he was broken, I received mercy. And his mercy, his brokenness began to sing into a heart that was hard. I was very evil. I was very wicked. But the songs of Christ's brokenness began to sing in me. And I have seen that it is my brokenness that, it, that connects with people who are broken. Because if they connect with my brokenness, it's impossible that the mercy doesn't come after. And that's how people are saved, that's how people are healed, and that's how people are delivered. Stand with me today.